0: Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners. We're your host, Shay and Mariah. And in today's episode, I'm so excited to share with you guys a wonderful friend of mine named Rebecca Santilli. She is a multi-talented coach, stylist, healer, dynamic human being. Um, I always tell everybody that being around her always feels like sunshine and I wanna bottle her up. I just think that she is such a lovely intuitive person. She's really supported me and helped me in a lot of ways. And I just enjoy um, being around her. So I was laughing with Mariah before this. I couldn't, when we were going to shoot this intro, I couldn't remember exactly what we talked about with Rebecca. And as I was reviewing the notes, I was like, oh, of course it's Rebecca's greatest hits. Like the reason I wanted to have this episode selfishly is Rebecca has shared a lot of tips and strategies and just little simple things that have worked for me. Um, And when it comes to getting in my body, calming down, like just getting clear on what's really important in life. Um, So she has just been like such a nourishing force in my life. And I'm excited to share her with um, like all the tips she shared with me with all of y'all. So I did want to call out um, at the end, Rebecca, it is a a, so wise around the topic of colors and it, and we get into it a little bit more at the end, but we mentioned a highlight reel that she, um, has shared on her Instagram that I have found particularly helpful. Um, so if you do, if you are intrigued by that color conversation at the end, check out her highlight reel, um, color RX, kind of like that prescription RX. So it's color RX.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad that we had Rebecca on the podcast because like you know Shay brags about how she's friends with her all the time and I'm like what the fuck I want to I want to be friends and have conversations so I think this conversation was it was really fun it was like just the simplest stuff but just those like little um nuances that really help ground things into perspective and Yeah. Simple,
0: simple, but simple, but profound is like what we were saying about Rebecca. Those were the words I couldn't think of. It's like, seems obvious, but when you like, yes, when you do it and you take the time to really feel it and then you do it over and over as practice, it can be like amazing the shifts that you feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely it. And there was definitely, as always, we're just, we kind of show up as ourselves, pretty vulnerable and transparent. We normally have some ah ahas during episodes, Episodes, And this conversation was, of course, no different. So we're really excited to share this episode with you guys. I'm just going to read Rebecca's bio and then we'll just get right into it. So Rebecca Santilli is a certified coach, stylist and healer who guides women into being the truest version of themselves. She uses a combination of mindset and intuitive style coaching with somatic and color therapy to help you own your authenticity, manage your energy, and shed the layers that aren't you so that you can come home to yourself and more freely share your gifts. Rebecca believes that by clearing the clutter of your life, both inside and out, you can heal your old stories, pain, and patterning, and be an energetic match for your desires. She's all about less doing and more being, which is very obvious in this episode. And when she's not exploring, typical Sagittarius, she'll most definitely be found near the ocean in Long Beach, New York. So without further ado, let's get into the episode.
0: Okay, Rebecca, we are so excited slash um honored to have you here today. Just so the audience knows, Rebecca is a former coach of mine and um, has now turned into a good friend. And she has been really pivotal for me on my journey as a support when it comes to a lot of things, but in particular... um, what I call just like building emotional resilience and healing emotionally. When I first met Rebecca, um, I was really panicking as a business owner. I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times, but I was in a really anxious place. I was waking up every morning with sweaty palms immediately in some kind of like downward mental spiral. I was really, really freaking out. And so I think when I first started reaching out to Rebecca, I was just saying like, how do you calm down? Like, how do you relax with all of this uncertainty? And um, she is like, maybe one of the most wise people I know. So she has a lot of just really helpful tips and um, wisdom to share all around. I think like, um, I don't want to stereotype, but I think us as women experience a lot of emotions. And for me, I'm like a triple water sign. I've always had a lot of emotions, but um, I think I've spent most of my life really trying to like, shove them down and I've I've been in a lot of shame around even having emotions in general you know I think our society is very like oh if you show emotions you're bad and you're off the rails and so I've been on a journey of reframing my relationship to emotions and Rebecca has played a huge role in that and just helping me to chill my ass out and so I think like one of the first things Rebecca taught me and I've shared with this with her many times It's as simple as practice, but she said, you know, Shay, when you're waking up in the morning, freaking out, put your hand on your heart and just repeat, I'm loved. I'm supported. I'm held. You know, I'll just say whatever I need to say to myself in that moment. But something about that, just that practice was like, sounds so simple. It was a game changer for me. And I've since learned now that we're researching nervous system regulation, when you put your hand on your heart, you're actually triggering your vagus nerve. Right. And that does really signal to the body, we can enter a relaxed state. So there's some cool science behind it too. But Rebecca, I wanted to ask you, didn't you learn that's like a Louise Hay thing or like, where did that come from? I like that I've encountered it now, like in the spiritual world, but also more in like the science world as well.
2: Yeah. And, and I want to thank you for your kind words. This is so sweet. That makes me feel so good. So thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, <laughs> um, I believe that it was Louise Hay for me and I'm not sure if, you know, that's where it really originated, but that's where I first, you know, came across that practice. And, um, what I love about her work is that she really pairs the affirmations according to, you know, like what, what is the, what is the situation? What is the physical sensation too, like, where are you feeling pain in your body? Um, and then where that could be linked emotionally and then what affirmation or what mantra can support that Mm -hmm. so yeah just that simple practice of like hand over heart and i am safe i am loved i accept myself i approve all of those things that was kind of like the jumping off point for me as far as like affirmations go and really like feeling them yeah embodying them
0: it's funny a lot of us rebecca and i are always reflecting like A lot of the stuff that we find really transformational sounds very simple. And I think um, actually actually a theme uh, we come up to a lot on this podcast, Mariah, is like sometimes the wisest, like best medicine is the simplest stuff that you may even roll your eyes at first when you first hear of it. And, you know, when when I first hear affirmations, I'm like, oh, you know, I have all of this like spammy stuff I've encountered in my life pop up. But really... There was something magical about just like, um, I have this inner narrator that's telling a story and by putting a hand on my heart, like calming my body down and then kind of changing what the script on what that narrator was saying, it was that brain body connection. And it really quickly helped me calm down in a way that seems so simple and so basic, but really... Um, doing that every morning over time, I noticed it got easier. And I noticed I was building that muscle. And then that skill of being able to rewrite the script on my narrator is something that I can carry throughout the rest of my life all day long. So like, it's in the really basic stuff that there's some magic. And I just, oh, I so appreciated that. Yeah, Mariah, I apologize.
1: No, no, don't. Why the fuck are
0: you apologizing? <laughs>
1: Um, no, I like that. And I like the simplicity. And it just brings me to the thing that really helped me, which actually came from Erin Lindstrom, which all of us know. And I met both of you guys through her in Human Being Club. But, um... I remember the one time she was on a call and she was like, you know what? She was like, when I first opened my eyes, you know, instantly, I think she said she would like run through this, this list of things that she had to do. I have to do this, this, and this. And she was like, and I started placing a hand on my heart and just saying good morning, Aaron. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to, nobody says good morning to me. Like what (laughs) what the I need to start saying good morning to myself. And like, so for me, it was the thing of like, Sometimes it's like, I am safe, I am held, I am supported. It doesn't really hit what I need. It feels too fluffy. It feels too like, of course, everybody says that. That's what you're supposed to say. And like, that's the ego story that's attached to that. So what helps me is like, good morning, Mariah. Mm -hmm. And then if I start like freaking out or I'm just like, oh, fuck, I have to do this. I have to do that. I change the perspective to like, I'm excited to see what I can get into today. Or like if it's a client project that I'm like, oh fuck, I know I got this deadline. It's like, how grateful am I that I get to support my clients and they trusted me with helping them solve whatever problem. And like, this is something to be curious about instead of something that like has to get done and this is a deadline. It's like, bitch, you could have no deadlines and you could have no clients and you could have no fucking money. So like how awesome it is that like, I have the opportunity to solve a problem that I love solving when I come at it from a place of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to give that other option of just like, it doesn't always have to be like, I'm safe and I'm supported because sometimes it just doesn't hit right. And you're like, I need something more customized for me. Like, what is the loop, the spiral, that what is the complexity that my ego is holding on to and kind of bringing in this morning? And how can we shift that in a way that feels supportive in whatever way that is. I love
0: that. Um, yeah. what do you like, um, I, what is that about like, waking up with a lot of fear? I think we all <laughs> resonate with that or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I can definitely resonate with that. And I mean, just in conversations with friends, with clients and, I think it is such a normal human thing that we wake up a lot of us in our preset programming is like worry or like spiral or like ruminate mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting how common that is and yeah. you know it's it's not exactly always the easiest thing to like break that pattern you know um so that's why I really love practices like that. And I love what Mariah said about making it more personalized too, Mm -hmm. because it's almost like, like normalizing it more for yourself when you personalize it like that, you know, and it helps you to just stay and be with it versus like, you know, making yourself wrong for feeling that or trying to push it away or trying to make it like super fluffy where it's like, it's okay. You're going to have the best day ever that might work for some people, but you know, for other people, it's more like, I just need to be with these feelings and like, Oh, I feel shitty because it's like, there's so much uncertainty right now. And so for me, I know you mentioned Shay, like talking about like the the uncertainty piece was like the piece that really got you. Mm-hmm. And I feel that. And like, it, it was really powerful for me to to realize that like, It's about being with it versus, you know, pushing it away. It's about like getting more comfortable with being uncertain and uncomfortable and not sure what what my life is going to look like. And, you know, and that practice of like being with it versus trying to make everything all right. And yeah, yeah, like one of those
1: like, like, like you should be grateful. I should be grateful. I have so many good things. I should be grateful. Why am I not grateful? Why am I not grateful? And then it's like damn, you're really, we're just adding fuel to the fire here.
2: Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. I was thinking the, the common dread that we feel as adults. And I mean, like, you know, maybe not everybody listening feels this. And if you don't, then well, God bless you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's definitely, I would say like in the past five years that I've been in like my own healing journey and like everything, it's definitely- Like it's honestly, it's honestly pretty rare when like I wake up feeling dread now because like I know kind of like how to stop it where it is essentially, or just like allow myself to have a shitty day and like it doesn't translate into the next day. But what came to mind when you were like, huh, I don't really know where that comes from. The first thing was like school. We all had so much programming going to school from age five until age 18 and like, that was a Monday through Friday thing. As a kid, you want to play, you want to wake up and have your day, like the weekends, waking up, eating cereal, sitting on the couch, like watching cartoons and just doing whatever the fuck you wanted. It's like, no wonder we've been programmed to feel dread. It's like, damn, I got to go back to this school with this classroom, with these kids, have the same lunch over and over again with this teacher that I don't even like. Or it's like, what if I just want to chill? And it's like, that is just like, kind of a common denominator. I feel like we could all that went to like either a public school system, a private school system, whatever. It's like, we all might have that in common where it was like, we just woke up thinking like, fuck, I don't want to go to school. So then it translates into what, what tasks do I have to do today? And then maybe we subconsciously correlate that with like the tasks from school of just like, oh shit, I have to get this done. This is being forced upon me. When really as an adult, it's like, We choose the tasks that we have to do in one way or another, usually. But I just thought that that was something interesting to kind of bring into it.
2: Yeah, the have to piece of it is interesting because you're right, like as adults, we really have a lot more choice than we ever had as children, right? And I could say that now, even though my life really looks so much the way that I want it to look, I still wake up in mornings and I'm like, oh, right? So I don't know if it's just a condition that we, you know, move through and maybe like get better at minimizing it or that it, it will naturally just minimize, you know, with with time and with um, kind of like crowding out the, oh, I have to feels. Um, so it's just, it's like, huh, in thinking about it, you know, I I can't say that now I wake up every morning and every day is magical, even though I have decluttered my life and made it really look so much like how I, I want it to look. Mm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I think that's important to share because we are all seeing the highlight reel. I also am a person that I've really intentionally built a lifestyle that literally was the lifestyle of my dreams four or five years ago, right? But you still wake up with weird mornings. And I think to get to your point, earlier the skill comes can you embrace can I embrace what what Mariah was saying first what's here for me today and then what you said Rebecca and how can I give it a hug right and I loved like this idea of let me check in with myself what medicine do I need today I think that's like that check-in a lot of us just blow right by that and then adjusting um You know, actually, Rebecca, I went to you one time and I said, I know a morning routine is so important. I know that everybody raves about it, but I'm really having trouble um, sticking to a morning routine because it felt like another have to. And you gave me some awesome advice, which is like, you know, Shay, like what's the point of a, a routine? It's either to energize yourself or to ground and calm down. Right. So I just try to choose things in my day. Do I need to get energized right now? What are things I like to do to get energized? Do I need some grounding and some calm? What are things I need to do for that? And so I was like, oh, every morning I can wake up and have choose your own adventure. What do I need to do to energize and or ground? All of a sudden a morning routine is fun. So it was like, I needed that permission. Like Mariah was saying to like riff on it and make it work for me. But then, um, you know, we talk about this a lot. I think a lot of us try to like take somebody else's morning routine or take somebody else's goals or take somebody else's mantras and like, just say it over and over and over again until we get the results we think they have. But really it's about self-awareness. Can you listen to yourself? Can you check in with yourself? Can you be honest about what's here right now? And instead of, and this is what I used to do, waking up, feeling anxious, and then shaming myself for feeling, and then like, and going spiraling down. Instead of just like, oh, I have some anxiety this morning. Where do I feel that? What, what could that be saying? You know, all of these emotions are just data points for me. My big takeaway when I am, if I'm going through a season of waking up consistently every morning, freaking out, that signals to me that probably something's out of alignment. You know, maybe I'm not doing work that feels right. Maybe boundaries are feeling weak. Something's feeling off. So I think it's kind of, it's been empowering for me to Look at these emotions and these things I'm experiencing. So for some reason in the morning, they're more pronounced for me. And like, okay, what is this? This is a data point, like Mariah and I talk about. And like what info is it here to share with me <laughs> instead of like identifying with it and then like spiraling about it and holding on to it for days at a time. So I think that like um. I don't know, just like that daily check-in, honest that so there's something about like a daily honest check-in and then giving yourself permission to like make this look like what it needs to look like for you is the skill for me. And like really embracing what's here instead of resisting it. That that has been hard, very hard. <laughs> it's really interesting. Something just
1: clicked for me when you were like, yeah, you were like, um, A. I'm glad that you passed along that advice that Rebecca gave before about like, do I need something calming? Do I need something grounding? Like, do I need something energizing? That is a very interesting question. And I really like that approach of like, what am I needing this morning? Because I realized yesterday I wanted something energizing. So I like took pictures of shit that we're posting on the eBay store. And so like, I did something that just felt fun and like, whatever. But this morning I was like, I don't want to do jack shit. I'm going Mm -hmm. to stare out the window. It's raining outside. I'm literally just going to blink as I sip my coffee and stare out the window. And so it's just interesting because both of those fall into like both of those different options. And I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that Shay. Um, but it was interesting because you said like feeling dread in the morning and I, I don't know how you worded it, but to me, I'm like, okay, so I haven't been feeling dread in the morning. It's after I fucking wrap up my workday mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh shit, I need more to do. What else can I do? What else can I do? I didn't do enough. What else can I do? I need to do this. I need to do that. I have all of these things. Like I'm in a really busy season of life and of business and so it's like I feel like there's so many balls in the air that it's like before I close down and allow myself to relax it's like I have to prove that I did enough that I was productive enough that I got enough things off of the list and so I'm noticing that like the dread isn't in the morning because I'm like oh I'm gonna kill today like I have a plan I have this like I'm feeling so energized and then at the end of the day I'm just like Fuck, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. I could do this. I could also do this. This email will only take a second. And so I'm just realizing like where it moved to in this season of life. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is something that I need to maybe sit with for a
2: hot minute. Mm. And get curious with, really, right? Because that's like the end all. Like, that's what it's all about. I think that's like such an important step. Like, is, examining like okay so what happened so like what is this and then sitting with it and getting curious that you could take your power back and then you know be like what do I need for this do I need to go review what happened for the day and maybe like pat myself on the back for it because like after I wrote it down I realized I really did a lot or do I need to go outside and like have something super fun do I need to go um breathe you know like what what do you need to do now so that you're not just kind of like sitting in it and sitting with it Mm -hmm. you know and a a lot of times too for me i think like the act of like moving Mm -hmm. i'm not the biggest journaling person although i am more into it now than i ever have been in my whole life so i'm like really grateful for like the emotional decluttering that comes from you know getting it out on the page but for me i i noticed that i need to like actually move i need to like go for a walk or i need to like put on music and you know, like move my body and move it, you know, Mm -hmm. to get just a different perspective. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That's actually another Rebecca life hack. Um, I bookend my days. So I have like a practice in the morning. And then at the end of the work day, you recommended like moving, you've said that to me and you're like, I literally, I go on a walk and I imagine myself walking away from work and like walking into my evening. And I really Mm -hmm. loved that. And I do try to like, at the end of the day, do something moving is usually pretty nice but maybe I need a grounding it's energizer ground I ask myself what do I need to do and then imagine like there's something for me about I love that visual of like walking away from work or like shutting my office door and like just leaving it and and that helps my brain I don't know why it just like having the transition moment the moment to transition from one to the other was very helpful for me. It's like a closing ceremony, yeah, yeah, of the day,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I think I mean I need to be a little bit more intentional about that, but I did want to ask Rebecca, like, how did you get here? That's and like what learning that all of this stuff, <laughs> like we kind of just jumped in. And we're like, this is all of the things that we've learned from Rebecca. And it's like, <laughs> how the fuck did you get here and like, become so wise and like, start getting in tune with your emotions. Like what was the journey that really triggered that maybe it's a healing journey or a self-reflection journey, but like, what did that look like for you?
2: Mm, this is a juicy question. <laughs> oh, and I'm honored and flattered. That's so kind, you guys like, Oh, so wise. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I have a very interesting windy journey that was definitely not a linear journey to get here. Um, In my past, I wore a whole bunch of different hats from like art teacher to visual display coordinator to interior decorator and personal stylist and real estate stager, which all sound very like, you know, earthly, like not really in the realm of like healer or um, holistic. But at some point during that, I was diagnosed with a uh, neurological disease called RSD, following a really bad broken ankle. And that just like changed my whole entire trajectory in life. it really had me reassessing, like, what did I want to do with my life as far as far as like purpose and like, what do I feel passionate about? And I was so young. This was like 20 years ago. So I was about like 21 years old when this happened. Um, and it was like hitting the pause button and really kind of the first spark that I had to reassess and, and see what, you know, like, was I stuck in my identity, which I, spoiler, I was, <laughs> I definitely was, but I couldn't see it and um from there while i was still you know working these other jobs that i mentioned i went back to school to become a health coach um at ian which i think you know like it's funny because when i say that a lot of people are like i know i or i have um so there was that about 10 years ago and that's actually how i met aaron who we mentioned before And it was the best, like, it it just, it was the best thing ever because from there I was launched into the world of online entrepreneurship. I made all these amazing connections and I really, um, I just recognized from there that what I wanted to be and do was more in like the realm of coaching and healing versus, um, versus well versus retail let's say but also that there was a way for me to merge the outside and the inside together under one umbrella and make it a business like Mm -hmm. at first i was like well how do i take you know my personal styling passion and skill and i i'm a detail-oriented person i love aesthetics i love beautiful things you know i'm including like nature but also material objects, like, you know, how can you dress yourself to feel better? So at first, I did not see how this could all come together. And then eventually, as I kept moving forward, um, I became a breathwork healer and an orosoma practitioner, which is a tangible form of color therapy. So the reason why I kept, I think, seeking these things is that I was still struggling to heal myself. Um, I was still struggling with chronic pain, and I couldn't really see at that point that the solution was to, like we've said already in this conversation, to surrender and like be with this the discomfort. So I was still kind of like seeking and not really coming back into my body because it was so painful to be in my body. Mm -hmm. And when I discovered breath work, I was like, wow, this is really powerful that I'm able to, you know, get out of my head, get into my body and not resist it as much as I had been. And from there, (laughs) I think that really was like the final kind of like piece to the puzzle to really propel me forward. And now it's like an, like an all inclusive, um, practice of self-discovery where you can use the the colors that you're attracted to, you could use um, the emotions that you feel all in a way to learn more about yourself and feel better and, you know, move in this world, like in a way that feels more like honest and truthful and pursue work that lights you up and activities and relationships and, you know, all the things that really light you up in a, in a more empowered way. So, yeah, it was like a long, windy journey, and the emotion piece, like slowing down and just being present with myself and learning how to stay with myself versus leave myself, like that was the, I think the hardest thing. Mm. But the more that I felt my emotions, which were suppressed, <laughs> we could get into that. But, you know, I realized that I was sitting on like a whole pile of emotions, like because I was stuck very much an, an, an identity as the good person, the joyful person, the person that people would go to with their problems. And um, so for me to like be sad or to be angry was very much like out of my comfort zone. And it was a, a real practice for me to like be with it and feel my feelings and then realize that that was the key to my my healing, my physical healing, physical pain, dissolving with every like big emotional, you know, kind of like breakthrough that I had. Mm. There's something
0: really powerful about what you're saying. You know, I know that your journey is one of extreme and prolonged chronic pain that you are just now kind of finding some really empowering relief from, and it's through a lot of things I know, but I know part of it is, um, what you're saying about being in your body. Even I think I could, I really related to that feeling of like staying with myself, being in my body, even when it's uncomfortable. And I, I have a lot of people and I was this person too, of like, I don't have a lot of feelings, I'm not very emotional. And, and I think it's what you're saying of like, no, you probably are, there's probably some stuff down in there. But like, you don't quite know how to access it. Because when you do, or when you get close to it, it doesn't feel safe. And so you're like, I'm out of here. So can you tell us about what, what was that journey like? Like, how do this is going to sound so dumb, but like, how did you actually feel allow yourself the space to feel your feelings? Like, what did that process look like?
2: Oh, that process was not cute or, or pretty or anything. Like it really like I wish that I could say to you guys that the breakthrough of, you know, when I was twenty one years old and had that um diagnosis that that was the end all be all breakthrough. it wasn't. It wasn't. Um it was the definitely the spark and the catalyst, but. About three years ago now, um, I was going through a lot of major life changes at once. I was going through a divorce. I was moving. I had, um, a parent who was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I was leaving my nine to five and stepping into my business and all of this was happening literally at the same time. And I was lifting up the laundry basket and my back froze and, um, major back pain which really for the past three years had been very debilitating and um it was like the other spark that I needed to really you know examine like what is this and like (laughs) what exactly is really going on like what do I need to know or to you know practice or to be with in order for me to release this pain and um From there, it really was like this deeper dive of a journey of getting to know myself and like getting to be and stay with myself and not leave myself because of like these really painful moments and um, recognizing and, you know, it's interesting like how we're just kind of, I believe that like we're handed this information when we're ready to receive it. You know, so the right people started appearing in my life who were aligned with, like, what I needed to learn about the connection, the mind-body connection, and to go further, you know, on that path. So recognizing that although I had this physical um, abnormality, let's say, it was not responsible for the pain that I was feeling. Like, it, it looks like it was on paper. But really, it was like these layers of emotions that I had been repressing and holding back on and kind of like just smothering and pushing down, probably, honestly, from childhood. Um, I could say that now in in just knowing what I know. And um, it all had built up into manifesting as chronic physical pain. And I've seen that you know, not just as chronic physical pain, but like for some people, it might be chronic anxiety or it might be chronic migraines or IBS, you know, and not in every case, but in a lot of cases, it's, um, it is a really strong emotional component. And the link is like, feel your feelings Mm -hmm. rather than go to the doctor and get another diagnosis or another pill. Um, you know, so yeah, it was, it was a really big wake up call for me and, um, you know, another layer for that too was uh, not drinking alcohol any longer so that I could really be more fully present. You know, I I could recognize that that was a numbing mechanism for me and it was keeping me from like getting quiet and just being with myself and staying with myself and never leaving myself. Mm -hmm. It was huge.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I feel like so often we never assume that the answers for physical pain or a physical element is in the inside, in the internal. We always assume it's in the external. We always assume that there's doctors that know more than us. And like, obviously, this is not a black and white like answer. You know what I mean? Like the answer is always in the gray area. We always need context and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time. We do need to get quiet and it is connected to emotions, even though in a logical sense, it doesn't make sense because of the way that society is. We're just like emotions. Emotions aren't fucking turning off my digestive system or like they're not blah, blah, blah. But it's like as you start diving into like the nervous system and like the 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 vagus nerve and like all of that stuff, it's like, it actually controls everything. And when we're in fight or flight, or like our nervous system is dysregulated, the nervous system controls almost, I'm pretty sure everything in the body. And so it's like, when that shit's dysregulated, nothing can work properly. Or like it gets thrown off balance and then other things have to pick up the slack. And then it's like, we assume that we need somebody to tell us what this is, which for some people, a diagnosis helps. It's freeing. It gives them a starting point of just like, okay, this is where I'm going to start digging into. For other people, it becomes an identity and it becomes, well, this is just who I am. There is no solution. But I think that as we start to explore the nervous system even more, Or even like what really helped me was exploring how the digestive system works and like the power of the gut. Because it's like when you go to a doctor and they'll do a scope in your gut, and like a lot of times they won't find an answer to whatever you're feeling. And like that was kind of what I was running into for a while was like digestive issues. And it was like nobody could give me a fucking answer. And then You're diving into it a little bit more and it's like, wait a minute, like 80% of the immune system is in the gut. And it's like, we have no, like, we don't really know as humans how the brain works nor how the gut works because they're so vast and like in depth and some things are still mysteries, but it's like, we assume being a human, we need some, some foundation of safety. So we assume that like the experts know everything, but the reality is is we are just scratching the surface on how the human body works. And I think that we just have to remember that, that it's like, there isn't always external obvious answers and it really does help when you can sit with yourself and just reflect and allow yourself to feel whatever is coming up. And I just think it's, it's such an important piece that's needed because we always go and like point to the external solutions.
2: Such a good, I, I mean, yes to everything that you just said, Mariah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we think that the solutions are often like outside of us, and it's like so wild and super empowering to realize that it it's not like it's, it's in us, you know, and, and trusting, like building self-trust is like a huge piece of that puzzle too, you know, because it's, it can be terrifying. It can be like so scary to feel like you are out of control physically. Right. And then leading into like trust is like the key piece here that can help you to just have a breakthrough there and the frustration that you mentioned too when you feel like you're not getting an answer and it's like you're just kind of like chasing this chasing the pain and looking for a solution and feeling like you you are powerless in that situation it can be really difficult to like get out of that rut
1: yeah yeah for sure I mean Shay did you want to say something you can go ahead Oh, uh, I was just going to give an example that actually I was telling Shay about a couple of days ago. So I uh, started weightlifting again after a couple of years and like, oh my God, I just, I realized how much that I missed it. And like, I used to do CrossFit and weightlifting a while before I started like my health journey. But it's like, it's interesting to notice four or five years later, how like my intention behind it is so different. Like my intention now is to get stronger, to get flexible, to like, help my body grow when before it was like, I need to get thin to find a husband, you know what I mean? Or to get a boyfriend or something like that. So it's just, it's really interesting to notice that, but I was doing this workout program, super excited about it. And I'm like two weeks in and I'm doing squats and like my quads start feeling like they're like giving out on me. And like, they feel super tight to where like, if I'm doing squats or if I was doing lunges, It would feel like the muscle in the quad was going to snap. And I was like, it's super tight. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I haven't been lifting that much weight. I was like, I don't think that I pulled anything. I was like, I know I haven't worked out, but I've been taking it really slow. Like I stretch. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And so I have a local kinesiologist. And so we were doing some muscle testing and it turns out that it was emotional And he was like, so I'm going to be, I'm moving to South Carolina from Buffalo. And like, there was, um, this emotional block where it's like the, the muscles in my quads turned off because it was, I was afraid to move forward in fear that I would lose connection with the people that live here in Buffalo. It was like, if I moved, then I would lose connection and everybody would like disown me, which came from when I was in, like my family moved from sixth grade to seventh grade. We moved from Buffalo to Virginia for a year. And I did lose those friends. Like I didn't after we ended up moving back to Buffalo after a year, but I ended up losing those connections. Didn't really keep them going. And so it's like that subconscious fear was still within me. And so this move was triggering that and it was showing up as physical tightness in my legs, like afraid to move forward. And once we release that emotion using like an emotional release technique or, um, yeah, I, I think that's what it's called. Once we released that, I literally went back to the gym the next day and I was like, yo, I'm nimble as fuck. Like call me Gumby. Like I, nothing was tight. Like it was perfectly fine. And I was like, This is wild. And then two days later, I got stressed about something about the move, go to the gym, felt super tight in the quads. I did the emotional release technique as I was like sitting there at the gym. Instantly, I could start squatting again or doing lunges without any pain. And I was like, this is this is fucking wild like logically it doesn't make sense. But like when you understand the nervous system and like emotions and how their energy and like how everything truly is connected and like what stress does to the body, then it starts to make sense. But on the outside, if I was like, yeah, I was like emotional about moving and I turned off my quads, people would be like, you've lost your fucking marbles. But it was, it was like such an example. I was like, well, you can't, you can't fucking deny this. It literally like, it was, it was pretty wild. Just a, a reminder of how everything is truly connected.
2: Oh, I love that example so much. And I'm like over here, like rooting, rooting for you because it's so real. It's so real. And I mean, it's also hard to believe sometimes, but that is exactly it. Like there is this real connection between your mind and your body It is so real. And it could be as simple as that. And sometimes just knowing, like kind of like believing, right, that that's a possibility is enough to make the change that you just mentioned. Like it's enough for the muscle to release. And for me now, I'm in a place where I practice saying to myself, like telling my muscles that are tight, because Mariah, I have the same, it's like muscle tension is really like the culprit So I will feel it and, you know, say to myself, let's bring more blood to that area that's feeling tense. Like, let's bring more blood there. Let's like send more. And sometimes just that boop, like it's like, ah, release. And it's incredible. And it sounds like wild, like just saying that sounds like wild, but it's it's true and it's real. And there's ways, you know, that, that are like, right, simple, simple ways that are like right here and available. And it's amazing. And you also mentioned something too, that I wanted to circle back to, which I think is like an important point that like, we don't have to be fixed. And that's like a real, you know, like, that's the most loving thing that you could, I think, like do for yourself is to like, be with yourself and be like, you don't need to be fixed. And I think that a lot of times that could feel impossible, you know, based on like the subconscious beliefs that we have built up over a lifetime, like I'm bad or I'm wrong or like whatever that might be. And those beliefs can be like running on repeat. So it feels like impossible sometimes to conjure up like self-love or acceptance or, you know, especially when you add in the pain element. So it's really interesting. And again, it's like the making space thing. Like we're making space for the parts of us that like feel wrong or bad and and like bringing them all together and, you know, allowing them to be there, like in safety and assuring yourself that like, it's okay. You know, like I'm going to stay with all of you. Like I'm going to stay with myself and, you know, I'm not going to leave anymore.
0: Yeah, there's something, you know, Mariah mentioned that like, We don't know how the brain and the gut works. And she's right. You know, this is really like the cutting edge of science. They're really learning now not only those two pieces, how dynamic and how complex they are, and how we really don't understand them, but also that they're incredibly, your brain and your gut are really connected. They call your gut your second brain. Right. And so I had never. I mean, geez, I'm sitting here thinking, Mariah, when you mentioned it, almost every woman I know has digestive problems like in some way or another. And then I, I myself am one, and I've been using this app called Nerva and it's, it's all about like doctors are recommending it. It is better at treating like IBS and digestive symptoms than all the medicines, all the crazy restrictive diets. And all it is, is Um, It's guided meditations and like hypnosis. And so like doctors are saying, hey, what you tell your brain, your brain then goes and tells your stomach. And so, and if you do that every single day, if you wake up in in your body, your body doesn't know the difference like if your brain has something like if you're imagining worst case scenarios your brain doesn't know the difference between like real reality and perceived reality so if i'm imagining all of these doomsday my morning blues then my body is going to react to that and my stomach's going to clench up and i'm going to get butterflies and then that chronically over time can lead to issues so i know a lot of this sounds kind of wacky but i know we're not like a sci- we're not scientists here we're not a scientific podcast but if you are curious about about this you know check out books like the body keeps the score or kind of dive into this um there there's some real science behind pain in your body being associated with emotions and those emotions you may have repressed a long time ago you may have forgotten about you may not even be aware of so if you if you are interested and it's just piquing your curiosity um and you're experiencing pain, maybe like Rebecca's saying, hold that with some some curiosity. It could have, not that it always does, but it could have some emotional ties. And Rebecca, if you wouldn't mind, Mariah and I really like real examples. And you shared, you woke up with a migraine the other day. And you can you walk us through like, and I know that this won't work for everybody, and I know people have real health issues, but like uh I I thought that was a really cool, real example, just like Mariah shared of like when pain comes, how to sit with it. Does that make sense?
2: Mm. Yeah. So what you're, you mentioned the waking up with the migraine thing. So um, shout out to Dr. John Sarno, who wrote this book, The Mind-Body Prescription. Um, And this is a technique that I learned from the book where you are basically like you're aware now so you're telling yourself consciously, you're saying, you know what, I recognize that you're attempting to bring this physical pain, like br- bring this migraine on in an attempt for me to, um, to be safe because it feels easier to have this physical pain than for me to feel these repressed emotions that um, I might not be aware of. So like, I'm on to you, I'm on to you and I know what you're trying to do and I am not here for it. Like I am not having this migraine. So instead I'm going to get curious, like what's really going on here? Like, what am I really upset about? What am I uncomfortable about? Like what might be behind this migraine and just reassuring myself. And this is all like dialogue that's happening in my head. You could say it out loud. But, you know, I am, I'm not going to be tricked. You're not going to move the pain from, let's say my hips up to a migraine. So what's really going on? What do I need right now? What do I want right now? Mm. And just kind of like pausing so that you can listen up, right? Because like the pain is not a punishment. It's really information. And it's really like your body telling you to pause and listen up because there might be some things that we need to feel. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I th- I think those questions are, are super helpful. And I just I, I want to add another one in there of just like, asking yourself, okay, if you have this migraine, if you have this pain that came up, like what has shifted lately? Did something happen? Did you have a conversation with a friend that it's like, maybe you felt like I didn't feel like they were listening to me? Or did you, did something, an altercation while you were driving, somebody cut you off? You know what I mean? Like just, it could be something small like that, that triggers something bigger. And honestly, like what's been really helpful for me is having the support of, I actually have two different kinesiologists, uh, like a local one. And I mean, I call the other one my shaman. She's not technically a shaman, but she's just a magical bitch. And I don't know what else to call her. Uh, But both of them use muscle testing. And like, if I didn't have that kind of support that helped me in person test, well, once in person, but like, Live with me to be there to coach me through it, to ask me questions, and basically to allow me to absorb their knowledge as I'm learning how they solve problems. That has been a game changer for me, of just like having the support that helps me then learn those questions of how do I ask this to my body? Can I do this at home? What does this look like? And the book that I had that was really helpful was um, The Emotion Code. I don't know if you guys have heard of that one, but it basically uses muscle testing. And they teach you like there's these charts of like there's column A, there's column B, and it breaks the emotions, and the emotions are associated with different organs. And you can essentially do muscle testing on your own to then release those. And like the release, the way that the author of the book tells you to release it is like, something with a magnet on your head. And to me that never worked. I was just like, I, I couldn't get behind it. And also we bring in biology of belief. My belief was like, that's fucking wackadoo. It doesn't make sense to me. Absolutely not. So like it just, it would never work for me because I never believed it. So what did work for me is um there's acupressure points on your wrists, on both of your wrists and each acupressure point is connected to the different organ. So what I would do, I have it on my phone in like a separate album is I I have the emotion code chart. And so I'll do muscle testing and I'll be like, okay, is it in column A or column B? Is it, this, is it an even number? Is it an odd number? And like the emotion code book walks you through how to do this. And then once I figured out what the emotion was and what organ it was, I would touch that acupressure point on my wrist with my other hand and place my free hand on my forehead which is like where all of the emotions tend to live in our body and in some certain point and breathing into that and feeling that emotion in my body now until I feel it pop or until I feel it shift. And that was something that like, I never would have figured out if it wasn't for finding these people that knew more than me about like releasing emotions and different techniques that I could do, because it's also like, I don't want to have to rely yet again on an external source of like, Oh, need to call my dude in order for him to release the emotion. It's like, no, how can I empower myself to be able to figure this out? So yeah, I'll link to the, um, the emotion code in the show notes below. And they go into, you know, like you can get, um certified to be an emotion code practitioner and blah, 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 blah. But honestly, just like getting the book from the library is what I did. I read it in like a week and it was, it's a pretty simple read, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible tool. So we'll link to that one and the book that
2: Rebecca mentioned too. Awesome. I love, I love that this, like, it's so empowering to learn this yourself and then be able to like see in real time, the impact, like, you know, the changes that you can make for yourself. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important too. your mention of like having that support team, like having that team of practitioners or, you know, like who wellness people that can really help you and that you're on the same page as far as like, you know, you're coming from the same place, like you have the same values and beliefs and acupuncture for me has been major and I have a team of like, you know, my acupuncturists and I have a network chiropractor that comes from the same perspective and integrates nervous system healing and regulation into, you know, the whole like big picture. So that was important for me instead of kind of like feeling like I had no say, like I wasn't speaking up for myself and in saying like, this works for me as far as like selection of doctor or practitioners and, um, just the act of like really recognizing, like, is this right for me and feeling into it, like truly like honoring the the gut feeling that was major as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to ask Rebecca, you're
1: like a genius when it comes to colors and stuff. How does colors play into like building emotional resilience? Like, can you just walk like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Oh,
2: I love this question. Um, so there's meaning attached to color and I'll just, I'll speak to, you know, like a little bit, I would say like half of this just comes from like, I've always been interested in colors. I always, I've been obsessed. Like I'm a colorful person. I'm attracted to things that are bright and vibrant and colorful. And, um, I, I, I sort of like never read deeper into that, other than like, I just enjoy color. And then um, the more that I learned, and and when I came across this modality orosoma, I was like, this is for me, like this, I want to know more because orosoma is like a tangible form of color therapy. And it's built on the premise that you are the colors you choose. So when you're attracted to a, a specific color on a conscious level, you might not realize anything. You might be like, I'm just a girl who likes red, you know? And the idea behind, um, or Soma is that color is speaking to you on a subconscious or unconscious level. So there's just so much beauty in that because you don't need to do anything like other than honor what it is that you're attracted to. And, um, every color has a different quality or actually several different qualities. And then there's also the flip side of the color. So for example, um, well, let's play. <laughs> what are what's your current favorite color right now? Lavender. White purple. Ooh. Okay. So for example, lavender is very much a color of transformation and healing and being of service. It's like specifically, spirituality is tied in there. So checking in with yourself right now on like, what is your spiritual mission in this life? And how can you be of service in a bigger way than you may have been? Like, are you playing small? You know, I would take a look at that. And then the flip side of lavender could be like avoidance of your spiritual mission, which is why I said, you know, are you playing small? Um, or avoidance of your gifts as a healer because lavender is also very much like related to healing. So wow. healing, transformation, transmutation. Yeah.
0: As usual, so- Rebecca Bullseye. I mean, like <laughs> Re- Mariah's laughing, this is like what I'm whining to her about offline these days. <laughs> um, I love, it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I am in a place I grew up with a really strong. Sp- Christian, spiritual, that like that's how I define spirituality for myself as a child. I have since kind of moved away from that language. But now I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, I've been talking to God my whole life. Like, I know what is spirituality? I want to define what spirituality looks like for me now. It's almost like this self-trust, through the self-trust lens. And like, that is definitely my journey. That's what I've been feeling really curious about and wanting to connect to. Absolutely. Like, that is... I said that to Mariah yesterday. So like, that is like spot on for me. That was really cool.
1: And interesting that like that also is a color that I am obsessed with lately so much though, that I changed my branding and I was like, fuck it. We're adding, we're adding lavender in there. Um, can, can you give us a lowdown on green? Green has been like my OG color. Mm -hmm. Green's my OG too.
0: Like childhood color.
1: (laughs) And like I wear green all the time. My eyes look like a crystal fucking ball when i wear green. i'm just mm. like green is like my soul's color.
2: Ooh, ooh, your soul color. I love that you you went there so specifically. Um okay, so i just have one question. Is it olive green or more along the lines of emerald green if you had to choose between olive the t- green for sure. Oh, Mariah. Okay. So that gives me more clarity. Olive green is the divine feminine and specifically around feminine leadership. So there is a piece of this that I would say has to do with stepping further into your power as a leader and leading from the feminine aspects of yourself versus leading from the masculine. <laughs> I see your face. <laughs> yes. So... Um, another aspect of of green in any shade is decision-making. So checking in with yourself, like have you been um, struggling to make a decision? Have you been kind of like in that like oscillating, like stop, go energy, like yes, no, <laughs> like move forward, pull back. Um, and it could be very helpful to bring that color in to help you with making decisions and moving forward. Um, and then one last aspect of green in general is around like new beginnings and fresh starts yeah
1: lol if you guys could see my face you would literally just fucking die laughing because it's the most hideous faces but it's literally like she just read me to shreds
0: um (laughs) everything
1: about that and then combining like the olive i literally changed my branding from like a bright green and blue to like an olive green and lavender because I was like the other colors just didn't they just didn't correlate anymore what does blue stand for I want to see if if that makes sense it was like a turquoise oh. if that helps
2: okay thank you yes that does yeah. so yeah blues are very specific happen to be very specific with orosoma. um so turquoise blue is the color specifically for creative communication blue in general is a color of communication but turquoise is more specific to creative ways of communicating so not necessarily verbally but this could be like through the arts or through um you know media or poetry or you're acting in a play um so it's it's getting your message to the masses like reaching out to the masses connecting communicating Um, and getting your message out and very clear and doing this through like whatever creative means is specific to you Um, and they also refer to it very much as like teacher vibes like teacher Mm -hmm. energy like you're here under turquoise to communicate like to teach people to educate them
1: That's really interesting because like when I first started my business, that's when I chose the colors turquoise and like that bright green. And like, that's very much of the energy that I was coming from, like being, you know, I was an art major for a year and like creativity. And I remember my, my first website had like my uh all of my drawings and like my my creative community like the way that I would communicate was like it was very much like fine art and that was like my medium and so it's interesting how like during that phase of having turquoise in my brand like that was very much a part of it of like figuring out how I wanted to communicate. And like, that's when I created my YouTube channel. That's when I started like really stepping into like teaching people all of the shit that I was knowing and writing blog posts and stuff. And now I feel like switching the colors and everything. I am moving more into like the leadership of that next level. So fascinating.
0: Well, what I really love, um, Well, I come from a branding background and I like Mariah took the conversation to brand because I, I've always known about color psychology, right? And I think we all can kind of understand color, certain colors make us feel a certain type of way, right? And even the shade of a color can have a lot, like our brains just um, read a lot of story when we see color and it can do a lot of storytelling for you. So I do think if you have a business, getting clear on how you want to make people feel and then google what those feelings or emotions what color are those things tied to and using that in your branding this sounds kind of wild but i promise you it's very very powerful on like a subconscious level can be really really um, it's a great storytelling vehicle you can do a ton of communicating about your message and your beliefs and how you want to make people feel while working with you just with color and so i knew that from like a branding side but then rebecca came in and we've had a training about aurasoma with her before And she kind of brought that, yes, it can work for your brand, but it can also work for you as a human. So, kind of tying this back to we can also use color as a tool to build emotional resilience. One thing Rebecca recommended to me, I loved if I wake up with a moody morning, she said, you know, like grab a color that, you know, yellow for me. If I'm like waking up in a dreary day and I just need something to like snap me out of it, Rebecca's like, I'll put on a yellow dress and go like walk down on the boardwalk. And I was like, oh yeah, if I put on a yellow dress, oh, that would like instantly lift my mood. And I thought that was really powerful of treating how you dress yourself in the colors you surround yourself in your house as therapy devices, as tools to help you in your emotions. Like that was really exciting and empowering for me. Um, I think that's really cool, Rebecca. And then I know I just did a reading from you where you had me give numbers that I was kind of like feeling right now. And then you associated those numbers with colors and then gave me one of the most insane readings of my life. So can you kind of talk about like the connection, I guess, between like feeling color to number, like how does that all work?
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that you brought that up. So you're talking about the soul strategy session that I gave you Mm -hmm. and the Um, So the the broader picture around orosoma is that it's not just linked to color, it's also linked to numerology and it's linked to the tarot. So it's like this really incredibly um, like deep and broad and diverse system. And so I had asked you these four questions to which I, I wanted you to respond with purely a number, right? So that I could get a response that wasn't a conscious response. And then from there, I use um, the Orosoma system in order to read into what the number was tied to, what color that is tied to, and basically like using using the reading so that we can uncover a few things specific to you, which had to do with finding out like what your purpose and mission are, um what are your gifts and challenges and we were looking at like this season like where you're at now because of course like things are always changing and shifting and evolving so this was like getting like a blueprint for now for the next 4 months so that we could bring these patterns up into awareness and shift them like that's really the goal is like let's get these like declutter these subconscious beliefs and like bring them up and out through numerology through color and um, seeing like what the correlations are so we were examining you know like what colors came through based off of the number correlations and then using that to map out like what challenges not only were in your past but like what can you look forward to like what energies are coming to you from your very immediate future in order to be able to support you in moving through the challenges that came up. So, you know, I was like, slightly biased in this reading only because I, I know you as a friend, you know, so like when things were coming through, and I'm preparing your reading, I was like, yes, you know, like, because I'm like, oh, chills. And that was almost even more exciting, because I could see I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is mm-hmm, this is hard. And just getting clarity on like, what What is your soul wanting you to know and like be aware of and what could be untapped for you that like is right there within your reach and you just needed to make this shift or gain this new awareness in order for you to touch it and be in it and like embody it?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I liked what you said about the numbers are a way to like detach emotion from it. It was like a, like a straight shortcut to the subconscious because I can't like my reading was personalized for me, but it was insane. I was blown away. I was like, I picked these numbers and Rebecca right now is telling me these things. I'm, I'm, I struggle to express, like, that's a muscle I'm building. And sometimes it's hard for me to like come up with this stuff. And so when you were able to just be like, oh, here it is, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was just, you know, that situation where you hear someone like describe a problem and you're like, that's exactly what I've been dealing with, but I couldn't put words to it. That was like the whole reading. And I was just really shocked at, and I was like, how did you get all this? And you're like, those four numbers you sent. And I was just like, brains on the wall. Like, I just thought it was the coolest. I love that.
2: <laughs> it, it blows my mind regularly, really, or a soma. It does. It blows my mind on a regular basis. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, of course. But like, also, wow, you know, at the same time. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. And I love that you brought up too, like the emotional component, you know, for some of us who it is harder to, you know, tap into like, what am I feeling? What do I want? What do I need? It, it is nice to have this like modality, this way to learn more about yourself that doesn't necessarily go straight to like a feelings-based exactly. perspective.
0: You that know, was like... helpful for me, very helpful.
2: Yeah. And also like
1: words can feel limiting yeah. sometimes to where it's like, you'll say the word, I don't know, like agitated, for example. And I like, but that's not really the word. Like I can't, ex-, like on one layer. And it's like, we sometimes forget that like, Mm-hmm. things are layered and things are complex and mm-hmm. as humans we are multidimensional and like we can hold different feelings different emotions different experiences and, and and perspectives and all of that at the same time so it's like when you can bypass that conscious need to like come up with the word itself and somebody else says it and then there's like a resonance there it just like it it expands the awareness and for you to look at it from that way that you couldn't consciously pull out. And I I feel like we're kind of tapping around this of just like the true healing like is in the awareness of things and like building emotional resilience. Obviously, we've talked about so many different tools that we use to like explore and to do that. But like the bottom line, what these all have in common, it's it really is the awareness piece. So it's like if you're trying to to build like your, your wellness support toolkit or like build your emotional resilience. It's like what feels aligned and fun to gain more awareness and then just start exploring with the tools that you're feeling curiously guided to. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really like the thread that we're pulling through here is like, and allow them to change different seasons. Like sometimes I dive more into certain aspects. Other times I dive more into this and it's like, For the past few years, I didn't want to do weightlifting and like that wasn't the medicine for me, but it's like now I'm like, oh, I think there's something here and just like allowing it to shift as you shift and to notice these different layers because like, I don't know, we're as humans, we're, we're simple and we're not fucking simple at all. So it's just like being able to hold all of these perspectives and just having the awareness I think is really healing in itself.
2: Yeah. Awareness is so key. It's so key. It's like affirming and, you know, makes you feel like powerful all at once. So it's, it's really, it's, it's wonderful when you can get that like resonance or that confirmation and you're like, Oh, my, you know, my intuition was on point. And sometimes you just need that, like that confirmation piece of things, you know, and yeah, it's, it's good.
0: (laughs) I liked what you said too, about letting it change. I think a lot of us can like get hung up on that identity piece that we've talked about. Like, this is who I am. I'm not a person that lifts weights, <laughs> you know, and instead of like, that's who I was last chapter or last season, but maybe this season I'm someone different. And maybe I'm curious about different things and just being open, I think is really, um, important. Um, cause I definitely could get I I, actually color was a big breakthrough for me. Like I've noticed myself, I have different seasons of color. And so now I'm thinking like in Rebecca's brain, okay, what is this color that I'm attracted to? What could it be sharing? What kind of data could it be sharing? I think a lot of this comes back to holding all of this stuff with a little bit of detachment. Like all we've shared with you today is how to collect a bunch of data points, but definitely don't hold on to anything too tightly. Try not to spiral about it. I think there's just some magic in like just holding some space and making space for this stuff and kind of like some loving space even. Like how can we even embrace these things that are bad or shadowy or whatever? Because they're a piece of us, you know, and maybe we can learn to dance with them a little bit better. So, um, I, this episode was insane. I, I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Um, Rebecca, we always like to ask, I feel like this is the perfect question to end this episode, but we ask all of our, um, guests, what is sparking your curiosity? Like for you right now, what is the thing that you're curiously guided to in your life?
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right now, I I think being where I'm at, where I feel like I am on the precipice of really like no longer needing to think about my physical symptoms any longer. So I'm like just extra curious about this emotional connection and, you know, like, just letting the unshed tears flow and like no longer like doubting that i can be fully well you mm-hmm. know so i'm just so like so much more deeply curious about that mind body connection and you know the awareness like the awareness piece there we go um just being like super aware that like i have this power you know and being extra like loving and accepting of where I'm at, not making myself bad, like wrong, like my bad back, my bad ankle, like curious about what the emphasis on that aspect and just like making space for, you know, it to be like super imperfect in this practice. But like, what can that impact? Like what what other future changes can I see and can I make for myself? You know, like it's all me, like I can do this. Oh, it's that's really so exciting. exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. <laughs>
1: what a what a beautiful um example of like emotional resilience like what a beautiful story of just like the fact that like your emotional resilience if we had to rate it on a scale of one to ten back when you know this all happened you'd probably be near a one of just like oh god this is shattering me type thing and now to be at a place where it's like you're reaching for a 10 of just like how beautiful that like, even if something happens, I'm like a trampoline and I just bounce back without even thinking. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yes. Like, because I'm here, you know, like I love that trampoline. Like I'm here, I'm no longer leaving myself. And and that's like the most powerful reminder. Is Like I'm going to love myself through the whole thing. Like good, yeah. bad, messy. And- And there can
0: be, there can be bad days. There can be rough mornings, but it's all in the bounce back. I think that's the resilience piece of it. Right. And you can bounce back a little bit quicker. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like creating space for like mistakes to be made and like for us to be all human and, you know, like ditching that programming that has caused us to like shame ourselves around that. Like there's good days and bad days. Fact. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like not every somersault that you do on the trampoline is going to be perfect and you won't always land all of your flips and that's perfectly fine. What a, what a fucking metaphor that I literally pulled out of my ass. Um, okay. Uh, can you tell our listeners like where they can find and connect with you? Like, what do you got going on? If people are interested in like working more with you, like what, what does that look like?
2: Yes. Uh, I am on Instagram and you will definitely find me on there. So I'm at Santilli Styled on Instagram. Um, My website where you could find more information about what I offer now is my name, my full name. So RebeccaSantilli.com. And uh, like Shay mentioned, I do offer the Soul Strategy Sessions. And uh, what I offer in the coaching realm right now is ongoing coaching support for women who are, you know, looking to really approach their healing from an inside in outside perspective. And that's inner style support sessions and three to six month uh, coaching container. So it's one-on-one virtual sessions. And then I offer ongoing Voxer support so that we could really, you know, move through any limiting beliefs and, customize it to what it is that you're working on and moving through right now. Mm-hmm. And then using the variety of different, you know, modalities that we've talked about, whether it's like breath work or, you know, using color, color therapy, um, or just hold good old fashioned holding space and chatting and connecting.
0: Yeah. yeah. You you hold space like on a superstar level. <laughs>
2: Thank you for coming here and
0: being in this space with us. I did want to mention, Rebecca has a resource actually on her Instagram. If you're curious about colors and like the meaning of all of them, you have a highlight reel, right? Where you go through all of the colors and their meanings. Is that still up?
2: Yes, I do. I do. So you could definitely check that out and explore and see, you know, like what resonates for you and, um, and definitely feel free to let me know what does click because I, I love to hear that. I love to chat more.
0: Yeah, I actually use that in client work when I am doing my color work. I go um, to your, I like um, the words you use and the language you use around it. So I think that's a really cool resource if you're intrigued by this color stuff at all. Um, Another, I I mentioned that I really... um, Rebecca's zone of genius is you know, not only helping you to create space, but also helping you figure out what comes next, like what is worthwhile of filling that space with, whether that looks like in your closet or in your business or in your personal life. So if you are like me and you're navigating just kind of like an existential crisis, you're feeling disconnected from your bigger why or what you're here to do. And if you're feeling emotionally reactive you want to build that resilience like i just can't recommend rebecca enough like she's just um a lovely energy in this world that we're really grateful so grateful for so thank you so much for coming on with us today rebecca um and with that i think we are going to close this episode down if you enjoyed it please feel free to share it with someone that you think would love it or tag us on social media. If something really popped out to you, like Rebecca said, DM any one of us. We love to hear from you guys. We love to hear what resonates. Um, Please, we just love connecting with you. And as always,
1: guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all of your support. If you haven't yet already, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. It really helps us all continue to grow together. And until next time... Remember that you have the power to create whatever the fuck you want. Follow the nudge, ask the questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see y'all in the next episode.